0: What's happening y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me your host Ricky Spears. Today's episode is a friend and co-worker Becky Pell, a fellow roadie if you will. Becky is a touring sound engineer, she's a qualified and accredited yoga therapist and we recorded this podcast together whilst we was uh, working away on tour just before Christmas and I wanted to have Becky on to talk about how she manages to stay so healthy on the road and she she always prioritizes taking taking care of herself and um, through her yoga through meditation and through the way she eats as well which is really difficult to do when you have zero routine in your life which is something i struggle with bit zero routine because of your job kids i don't know whatever but she manages to to do it really well i think and i wanted to learn from her more about that more about the yoga Um, She's started other businesses as well. Um, She's got her own blog, her own website, um, runs yoga retreats. So she's got a lot going on. Um, She's very positive. She's got a solid, positive mindset, very smiley person, which is really impressive to me considering uh, she's been through some shit in her teens that no one should have to go through, which she shares later on in this episode. So I'd like to thank her for that. That's a really bold thing to do, to talk about that. Um, she's a bad motherfucker, so please enjoy the rock and roll yogi, Becky Pell. All right. Yeah. Becky, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you for having me on. I was racking my brain where to start, as I just said, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, and I thought probably the obvious place is with our work, and I was I was really happy to hear when you was coming on tour, I've done this tour. We're on the War of the Worlds tour, by the way, for those listening together, um, yeah, I was really happy to hear that you was coming on it because it was good to have someone else I knew that took care of the health quite seriously. That's quite rare, I think. Yeah. In this industry. So yeah, I was really happy to have someone else on tour that takes care of because 'cause it'll just make me a little bit more aware. If there's someone else that's doing it, yeah. it just helps me a little bit to stay a bit more aware of
1: It's definitely easier if there's a few of you. Yeah, raise my game a little bit. Yeah.
0: Well, I think a lot of people were sort of coming around to it.
1: I think it's getting better and a I think the more. more the more of us see other people taking better care of themselves, it kind of it has a knock on effect and people start becoming a bit more aware of their own Yeah. Um health or you know looking after themselves a bit better when they see other people doing it so yeah yeah, i think think
0: the first time i worked with you properly was probably glastonbury last year well i'd actually worked with you a long time ago which i'll come to i am intrigued to know to see if you remember this gig we did together years and years ago and i was brand new i'm intrigued now (laughs) Yeah, but um more recently on glastonbury stage 2017 and i remember getting up on the tour bus and and you, I think you were doing yoga in the back lounge.
1: Upside down in the back lounge or something, yeah. probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is
0: you know, for those that haven't been on a tour bus, it's a small lounge on a bus full of full of hairy men that <laughs> don't do yoga. <laughs> and Becky's doing yoga in the back lounge and then I come downstairs and you I could I think I could tell you were meditating I spoke to Sarah about it afterwards. You were cause you were sitting cross legged in a chair and I think you had a cup of tea in your lap and you had your eyes closed. Yeah like that looks a lot like meditation to me and a lot of other people might not have realized and i think i see Saz, and she said that yeah she was telling me that that's something common that you do
1: that was well spotted actually because that was my stealth meditation tactic that's last what day to s- have a cup of tea there so people don't think i'm just completely barking mad they think yeah. i'm just sitting having a moment well, it's actually mad i'm meditating
0: yeah and i was i was impressed i thought shit me personally i shouldn't be like this but i wouldn't do that in front of a load of other people i'd worry too much like people would be like what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing over there meditating? So I just I usually do that a bit hidden away or something but yeah I was quite impressed that you were like, no, this is me. I'm pretty unusual. Yeah, I do yoga, yeah, I meditate and I'm happy to do it in front of in front of the world." I, yeah, I have had massive respect for that.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I I found that the, the more once it's a surprise when people see you at first um, and I've surprised a number of people you know in dressing rooms when we load into a gig i I go and find a dressing room to do a bit of yoga before i start work and i've made a lot of people jump when they walk in on me (laughs) (laughs) but um once people realize that's your thing and it it very quickly it's not a problem anyway but it ceases to be remarkable once people are aware that that's kind of what you're into
0: yeah yeah and the same with when they see you eating a certain way yeah they get used to that pretty quickly yeah i mean uh, people are
1: hanging out to see me you know having a stealth mcdonald's or something yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i've
0: found that when people just decide in their head how you eat and then and then they'll make decisions i always remember a friend said to me i know we was all in the pub and he said oh no i think someone offered me some sweets or something like that from one of them charity pots yeah yeah And this person said oh no he, rick only eats lettuce he won't have that <laughs> it just sort of makes me chuckle you think you, you haven't got a clue like, i can go pretty hard sometimes but that's part of my balance you know yeah but yeah doing doing it in the industry so if I take it right back how did you ever get into sound engineering
1: oh god um it was kind of all I wanted to do from the age of 12 was it really yeah I went to see a band at the Manchester Apollo he's still up north I don't know if you can tell from the accent or not um and um went to see a band at the Manchester Apollo and I sat behind the front of house guy yeah and but just didn't know where to look, didn't know whether to look at what he was doing or look at the sage. And it just suddenly dawned on me that there was this whole industry behind. I was, it was just at that age. Well, interestingly enough, it was Aha, who I ended up mixing monitors oh, for shit. for five years, <laughs> 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 many years later. So that was a really nice full circle thing. Yeah. Wow. Um. But yeah, I was fascinated. And, and I, it was just at that age where I was really starting to get passionate about music. And it suddenly dawned on me that you could do this for a living, right. and that looked a lot more fun than the proper job. Yeah, and um, that was it. That was that was what I wanted to do. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And my my teachers were not into the idea at all. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to be a sound engineer. And they were like, "No, you can be um, a chemical engineer or a oh, structural engineer." Advice, like, classic, yeah. No, I want to be a sound engineer. Like, Do you mean a roadie? <laughs> like it's Do you want some to be sort groupie, of scum maybe? of the earth. <laughs> yeah, you want to be a groupie? Is it just because you like the band? Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> so that was the spark was lit, but I had no clue how to get into it. Right. Um, and sort of messed around in bands. I played drums and uh, messed around with in bands with mates, but had no clue of the technical side of things whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then I found out. I started my levels, and then I found out that there was um, a place called the School of Audio Engineering in London. Okay. And that, you know, that was that was it. There was no way I was going to that not do that. Sorry. Where is that? What is that then? Um, it used to be on North Road. In London, okay. um, in um, near Caledonian Road, up that way. Ah, right, okay, yeah, near yeah. King's Cross. Yeah. I think they might have moved now. Yeah. Um, so I quit my levels after about three months and started um, moving, not travelling down there three times a week because um, I was a bit too young to move down there. I was only 16. Yeah. And then, oh my God, I was so out of my depth because everybody else had sort of messed around in you know, home studios and bits okay, and bobs. Was box. it
0: more studio based, kind of a course? Very studio based yeah. at that
1: time. There were no live music courses yeah, at that I time. You know, see. I'm going, going back quite a long time now. Um well, twenty seven years or something. <laughs> um and yeah, so there was there were no live courses or anything. So I went there for a while, um was completely overwhelmed out of my depth, but determined that, you know, this was gonna be my foot in the door and well, I was This
0: is college, so you're sixteen so you say? I was sixteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else was a lot older than me. Yeah.
1: Um and then a, a place opened in Manchester, the School of Sound Recording in Manchester, which was obviously a lot more practical for me, okay. living up there. So I transferred up there. Went there for, um, I think it was an 18-month course. Right. And I found it really hard. I'd come from, I'd been quite lucky at school. I hadn't had to try that hard to to do all right. So it was a real shock. Yeah. That I was like, I don't know anything. And I'm, I'm crap <laughs> at this. This is intense. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it didn't put me off. I, j- I knew this was what I wanted to do so badly and I was just going to have to push through it and, really? and figure it out. Um, yeah, so that was kind of where where that all began. And then I worked in a couple of the studios after I graduated just cleaning tape heads, showing yeah. my age there. Yeah. And, um, you know, making the tea and getting sandwiches and that sort of stuff. Yeah, But couldn't find a way into the live industry um, and there was a, an He's industry never
0: swayed at any point. Oh, I want to go into record producing. And no, it was because it element. always
1: struck me that it was missing the adrenaline of the live performance. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's obviously a huge creative element, but it was the the buzz of you've got one shot at this. Yeah. That for some twisted reason, I really wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but I just I just didn't know how to get into it. The, yeah. You know, the studio thing had seemed like a good starting point, but I didn't know where to go from there. And there was an industry Bible at the time called, there were two, there was the white book and showcase and they were kind of, you know, before the internet and these right. were like the, the books of, of all the contacts in the industry, uh, okay. all different departments, all different sorts of companies. And I wrote to everybody sound related, literally everybody sound related. I think I had about two replies and they were no. Yeah. Um, and then I got the stage magazine and there was an advert in the back of it for a London based PA company who were looking right. for a sound engineer. Um, which was RG Jones, which where we where we both started out, and yeah. um, so I I contacted them and they came back and said, you know, you are completely underqualified for the position, which on you, but they said, but we are looking for a youth, basically, okay, yeah. you know, a kid, yeah. an apprentice,
0: kind of a Yeah,
1: um, are you interested? So I went down, had an interview, and they said, great, you start in five days. I was like, shit, I live in Manchester. Okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, Yes, I started there and, and never looked back. And, and as soon as I got there, within my first 10 minutes of the first day, thinking I knew quite a lot, having done my college course, yep. Uh realised I knew absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny.
0: It's really similar to mine. I did a college course. I wanted to get into music production, though. Tried to get a job. Same deal. Sent, I don't know how many letters to how many different companies. Got two, probably two back. They were yeah. both no's. <laughs> got a really nice phone call from someone that did actually used to work in a studio and said he phoned me up and said look we we, we do employ um runners you could you could mm. come and work here as a runner but he said you're not gonna get your hands on a mixing desk for I don't know how many for probably five years he said you're gonna be making tea cleaning yeah. tapes doing general errands and stuff like that and i sort of and that did kind of put me off and then RG Jones used to have a studio so it just Mm. so happens I'd sent them a letter as well and they said come in for an interview and same deal like first day on the job I was like what the hell is all this stuff yeah (laughs) I remember looking at an amp rack and a soccer pex, which is a multi-core speaker cable and thinking what on what is that yeah. What is that? I haven't learned about this. what is it? Yeah, and then learned more in my first six months at work than I did in probably two years at college. Yeah, not I still enjoy, I really enjoyed college, but there's just no hands-on kind of.
1: No, absolutely. you learn, learn a lot of quite interesting useful theory. But yeah. it's not stuff that actually comes in useful till much later. Yeah I had no clue how to put any of the stuff together. I you know knew what a patch bay was in a studio, which is where you plug the the various bits of equipment in and out of each other, but I had no clue how to actually put it together to work in a live
0: situation and how yeah. to actually
1: plug it all up yeah. getting around the back of the equipment and stuff yeah
0: and then from then on now how long did you stay full-time for no, jones is yeah five years okay and that's then a of a magic number it does doesn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just shamelessly name drop for me for a bit for some of the artists you've you've been out on tour with
1: okay so um well my very first tour with, was with a rock band called black crows okay that was my first r- proper tour Um, I worked with, toured with Kylie for about seven or eight years, Um, Westlife, Aha, Anastasia, Take That, Um, Muse, War of the Worlds of course.
0: There you go, Glastonbury of course. Glastonbury of course,
1: yeah, I've done monitors on the pyramid there for three years now. Okay, great.
0: Yeah. Excellent, so it kind of worked out then.
1: Yeah, kind of worked out, my my hunch hunch turned out all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nicely done, nicely done. Um, so when did you, did you only start touring when you went freelance? Yeah. You did?
1: Yeah. Nice. I'd done sort of, um, little bits of it in terms of, you know, kind of 10 days, two weeks with RGs, with classical spectaculars. Yeah. Um, that yeah. I don't, do they still do those? Yeah, yeah, still do them, yeah. yeah.
0: I think there was one just before we come on this.
1: Yeah. So, it, so I did sort of like a stint of two weeks here and there, but, um, but nothing like the extent to, to which I, I do now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when so when you when was your first real proper away tour?
1: Um, would have been shortly after I went freelance actually. So that would have been uh, let me think. About year two thousand and one maybe? Yeah. Okay. thousand and one, yeah. So
0: that was, that was sort of older. That right? was
1: Black Crows. Um and then my first kind of the first time I had a real Oh my god, I kind of I'm Getting into the big stuff was um Kylie in 2002. Okay, um, so age you there? I would have been 26, and that you know, we were doing big multiple night arena shows, yeah. and it was a big production 16 trucks. And yeah. yeah, that was when I was like, Holy shit, I think I might be on the way to making it here. This yeah, is, yeah, this is this seems to be going all right, yeah,
0: yeah, that's mental. And I don't think I think you said it the other day. I People don't quite realise the work that goes into some of these concerts. Mm. You've just summed it up there by saying that a, an average Kylie tour has probably got 16 Arctic lorries full of equipment. Yeah. Do you have rig days on that? So did you put it in? Nope. And, no,
1: no, in and out in a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you know, we would. She was at her absolute peak then, so that we were maybe staying in a venue for um, a week or ten days. Um, so it was, you know, a lot of uh, not not so much in and out as as you might do on a a typical back-to-back tour yeah but yeah it was going in in a day we had think we had an a and a b rig for some of the lighting and rigging so what that means is when you when there's a very complex system you you have two identical systems that kind of leapfrog each other so one will go on to the next venue yeah whilst one's already in use so that that makes that physically possible to happen yeah um overnight but yeah it would be in and out in a day
0: yeah it's probably worth actually explaining what exactly a monitor engineer is because it surprises yeah. me when friends ask me questions. You realise, and they wouldn't have any idea. Oh, actually, yeah. The you, cool, they're like, "What? What's monitors then? Is that like a screen? What? what I don't understand." And but yeah. Yeah, explain to people what a monitor engineer actually does.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, so a monitor engineer is responsible for um, what the artists and musicians on stage here. So the front of house engineer mixes the sound. Um, that's the he's the guy or the, the woman in the middle of the audience that you see with the mixing desk, and they're controlling what's coming out of the big PA speakers that you're hearing as the audience members. Monitor engineer, you'll typically see them on the side of the stage, and they're controlling the sound that you that the um, the band and musicians are hearing. So you'll see that they've either got their little earpieces in, or you might see some speakers facing them um, on the on the floor on the stage. And each musician and band member and artist has their own bespoke mix of what they need to hear to play their part of the show. And so the monitor engineer controls all of those separate mixes, gives them, gives everybody on stage their own individual mix.
0: Yeah, so you'd be you're almost part of the band, every single member of the band will know you, they'll really need you they rely on you they trust you yeah and hopefully yeah hopefully yeah well I'm sure they go, go south upwards. very you, quickly if they don't yeah definitely and I think you'd be kicked off the tour pretty quickly if you weren't uh if you didn't know what you was doing because yeah because the it's going to stand out like a sore thumb there's nowhere to hide that's for sure Yeah, absolutely yeah. which I guess might be part of what also attracted you to the gig you got one chance at this and yeah yeah so you're working pretty closely with the artists you're on first name terms with whether it be Anastasia or Kylie and yeah. right in the thick of it.
1: Yeah, it's you are definitely down at the pointy end. Yeah. Um, and it's as much about um, personality and relationships and psychology as it is about the technical side of things. You've yeah. got to be able yeah. to, to work with them and gain their trust and um, not be starstruck, even if you're doing cartwheels on the inside because this is somebody you've really wanted to work with you've got to be cool and you've got to present um, a confident front and be friendly but remembering that you're not friends with them but you can have a friendly professional relationship um, and then obviously deliver deliver the goods technically so it's a it's a balancing act.
0: Do you ever feel that you have got past friendly working relationship and become friends with any artists you've worked with?
1: Um,
0: because that's a good point. I've never thought of that, but that adds a, adds a new dynamic, doesn't it?
1: I'm going to drop a clang here. Um, we d- Kylie did come to uh, my wedding. Um, right. my, my husband was her front of house engineer. We met on. How that did you tour. manage to
0: keep your guest cool with Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't fucking touch her, right? <laughs> uh,
1: she was she was so sweet. She was absolutely super cool. She'd really dressed down. She was very conscious of not wanting to steal my thunder on on the big day. Yeah. Um And so it was. Yeah, it was. There were a few people who didn't know she was going to be there, and so they were a bit sort of double taking. Yeah. Um, but it was no, it was really lovely to have her there. That was that, that was very cool. cool. So, um, <coughs> and you 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 do you know you sometimes go out on social occasions with them. You know, at the end of the tour, you might go out for a meal or that that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, no, I don't feel I've ever, I've never forgotten that they're my boss. Yeah. Um, That's a good point to make. But. There's just just a very very subtle line. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be as completely unguarded yeah. with them as I um, as I would be with a mate. And I would I'm a little bit more careful with you know the brutal piss taking that we would do on the road yeah. as, as crew members with each other. Right. You know you, you're not <laughs> going to do no matter how buddy you are with one the artist. You're not going to going to yeah. go there. It's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's risky yeah, I've just got <laughs> images of overstepping
0: the mark on the jokes and oh no <laughs> got myself sacked yeah, that's a good way of looking at it you are hanging around with the boss whatever happens right because yeah i find that easy to easy to forget on tour because you'll get booked by the production so they're kind of your boss but you it sounds silly to say that you forget whoever the artist is they're everyone's boss because they're yeah. paying the bills. Without yeah. them, there is no money. No, none of us are doing this thing. So, so they do kind of call the shots. But you never really, in their personality and personalities and the way they've got so many people working around them, you kind of can kind of forget that because they get bossed about themselves, right? Because they have to be certain places at certain times. Yeah, they can't keep up with their own schedule, so they've got people saying, "We haven't got time. We've got to go here and and stuff like that."
1: Yeah, yeah. they've got managers and what have you tell you know telling them. Uh, you know the d- the day-to-day stuff and, and advising them but but even the managers you know at the end of the day are you know they're, they're the staff we are all the hired help we're all yeah. hired guns yeah. um, the only people who I guess who've really got the the sort of Damocles over the artist is the record company
0: right yeah um, until they get really big and then they can tell record even companies even then they c- yeah exactly
1: yeah then they can tell the record company to get knotted and go elsewhere but then it can get legal like, yeah
0: of course yeah so they might not actually be able to yeah end up in court yeah yeah so i'm guessing we've talked about before you wasn't always fully taking care of yourself oh my gosh party party (laughs) girl at one point right i was a bit of an animal in (laughs) my (laughs) youth uh yes so is that before um when you joined you was always pretty pretty full-on like to drink like to party Mm. Continued all the way up to uh, freelancing and touring, and
1: because
0: um, touring and partying pretty much go hand in hand.
1: They certainly can do, yeah. Um, whilst it's not as glamorous as people are led to believe, there's there's certainly plenty that goes on and different. You know, tours. Some tours are, are more yeah carnage than others. Early um, to bed
0: and others are complete opposite. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and there tend to be people that get involved and people that don't. Yeah. But I was definitely one of the ones that got involved yeah. in my in my earlier years. Um, i very quick i mean I, i'm not saying i've never done a gig hungover i have of course yeah um but i fairly quickly knocked that on the head because it's just miserable working with a hangover i mean it's pretty miserable lying in bed feeling sorry for yourself but yeah but having to to work no i i i, I stopped doing that pretty quickly and would only party hard on on day off eve yeah right. um and also because you've you know you've you've got a responsibility yeah. to, to do the show to the best of your ability. And it's it's not fair that somebody else is paying you for a product that you're not delivering yeah. if you're if you're not taking care of yourself. And also being freelance kind of brings that into sharp focus because you are only as good as your last tour. Yeah. And if you get a reputation for not delivering the goods because you're getting shit-faced, yeah. you're not going to be
0: working for very long. Again, no, it's hard, really, is that? Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose when you go freelance, you always have to have that professionalism about you. Otherwise, you starve you just wouldn't exactly, get work yeah
1: you get work. <laughs> yeah, yeah your, your reputation is everything as a freelancer
0: yeah do you remember a, f- a point or at any time the turning point when you're like I've got to stop doing this yeah yeah I do, do.
1: yeah um it was when I gave up smoking actually right. um I it was a kind of cumulative thing I wasn't you know I hadn't gone, gone out and got raging the previous night but I hadn't been taking care of myself and I had been drinking too much too often and doing everything else as well yeah and. Not eating properly and ju- just staying up too late and all of the stuff that adds up. Yeah. And I got fairly ill. Um. And I was just weak as I could barely drag myself out of bed okay. to go and throw up. Yeah. But I still had to go to work. Right. Because, you know, there are no sick days. We know that. Um. And I just felt so crap on that gig. And I knew why. I'd just been doing too much of everything. Yeah. Um. You know, smoking, drinking, drugs, you name it. I've been doing it. Yeah. And I just went,
0: you oh, know what, this has got to stop. What was this, mid-twenties, did you say? This was,
1: um, yeah, mid-twenties, yeah. Yeah. And I felt so ill for a few days that I didn't smoke at all. Yeah. And then went, mm, do you know what, I've stopped now for a few days. The first few days are over, let's carry on and not smoke again. Yeah. Um, and then I gradually started to take a bit of care. And that, that was kind of the, the turning point And that was fr- fr- the point at which I started to gradually take better care of myself yeah yeah
0: so when did exercise start coming into it um i say exercise was it was it never done any exercise and then and then i know you're heavily into yoga and then yoga started or was there a transition from other
1: no i did do i I did start getting into going to the gym not so much in hotels and things that was more of a home thing actually yeah um i still wasn't doing a great deal
0: on the road as you moved moved down to london Yeah, I moved down to London when when I got the the job with Joneses. I moved
1: down to London at twenty. Yeah. Um,
0: Stayed there all three. Stayed there.
1: Stayed there until I was well until last year, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I I started going to the gym when I was home and enjoyed how that made me feel. Yeah. Um, Enjoyed feeling. I'd never been. Like I always felt I was quite strong because. there's quite a lot of lifting involved in our job yeah. and um, a lot of, you don't sit down no. except basically for, you know, kind of a couple of blobs of 15 minute minutes to yeah. eat. Um, So I wouldn't have said I was massively unfit just because of, of the, yeah, the activity levels of our job, yeah. but actual intentional fitness, yeah, that started to, to play a part. I started to go to the gym. I liked how that made me feel. Yeah. Um, The yoga didn't come on long till later. Actually, I was 32 before I discovered yoga. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: But you'd sort of started to exercise a little bit. Yeah, the seed was
1: sown. I'd started to exercise. um, I started to try and get out for a walk, um, you know, like either after sound check or before I started work or something. And I'd always liked walking anyway. So that was, you know, good to just go and have half an hour of fresh air and go for a walk. And um, started gradually to to eat better and to be more mindful of, you know, trying to eat more fruit and veg um, and less crap. And... Not so uh, so diving into the cheesy pizza loadout food at the yeah yeah uh, when we're which uh, is not easy not easy when we're d- we're travelling on tour buses is quite often um, food put on the on the buses for us for after a loadout and after you've done a couple of hours of loading out I don't know about you but I'm always ravenously yeah. hungry yeah same as so I started to to put into place little strategies like having some healthier options that I'd get for myself on a day off or even speaking to whoever's managing the bus riders and. Getting some healthier stuff on there, as well as you know whatever for the people who want it. Yeah, because al- I'm always going to be hungry after a lowdown. Yeah, but if there's an avocado there, I'll eat. I will eat. Go for that. Yeah, but if there's nothing else and there's just a big cheesy pizza, I'm going in. Yeah, yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hungry. I'm
0: hungry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's one I struggle with. In fact, I got on the bus last night starving with the idea of going straight to bed and then some and then matt said to me he said do you want a beer i didn't really want to i wanted to go to bed well i did i always do want it mm. but i have to force myself to go to bed which isn't always healthy but it's kind of my tactic i'm a bit all or nothing but for sod it we'd had a really hard load out and i wanted to sit down and just chill out and chat and so, mm. yeah go on and have a beer but then i had one beer and i had two beers and I had two load up sandwiches and then i'm like <laughs> oh, that was just over the top ricky why'd you do that and i get but you know, it's difficult. I was hungry, and that it was that food was there. So, it is really difficult. I find we don't really have a say in what we're going to eat most of the time, mm. and yeah, that that can be difficult. What sort of fast-forwarding from when you were uh, starting to take care of yourself to now? What sort of uh, rules have you sort of got in place for yourself on on a tour?
1: Because
0: um, I did also I yeah. um, read your blog recently about intermittent fasting, which yeah. is what I wanted to talk to you because. I do the same, and I've found okay. it works perfect for me. Yeah. Some sometimes I don't if I really fancy breakfast or if there's I try and avoid fried food at the moment a little bit. Um, if I could get some scrambled eggs, then I might have breakfast. But if not, then I'll just pass until, yeah. until lunchtime. So yeah, what sort of rules do you have?
1: A um, well, similar thing to that really. Um, so when I'm at home, I generally try and eat, eat all of my food between midday and eight p.m. Yeah. Um, now that's not that needs a little bit more leeway on the road because i just i'm always hungry by the time i finish loading out yeah so i'll generally hold off so so the the time of the fast gets shorter it's whereas whereas it's 16 hours at home it might be closer to to 13 or 14 when i'm on the road yeah but i still think that's pretty good that's still a decent break you still
0: feel the desired effect i'd say yeah absolutely
1: and the studies have shown that the results kick in after about 11 or 12 hours okay so so that's still having having a, a beneficial effect so generally, I won't eat breakfast, yeah. um, and I'll have my first food after midday. Yeah. Probably hold out till lunchtime if I can, unless I'm... If I'm really, really hungry, I might go and have, have a banana at midday and then have some lunch an yeah. hour or two later. Um, and I try and have some healthy food on the bus for, you know, exactly the reason I said before.
0: Bite buy, buy yourself or ask... Buy it
1: myself it? or speak to, speak to the caterers, whichever is the... Yeah you Know Easy. the most appropriate on the tour, really. Um, yeah. but I'm quite happy to just go and d- do exactly what I've done this afternoon. In, in fact, and go and get some hummus and some carrots and bits and bobs like that to have yeah, right. on the bus tomorrow night. So that, yeah, I'm not going to go monster monster the the Too crisps and, and the like smarties like, oh yeah. and the two donut sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the um, yeah, non alcoholic beers have have been a bit of a yeah, revelation I saw you for me, that, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't really drink now yeah. um i mean once a blue moon i'll have a glass of champagne but i pretty much stopped drinking um earlier this year about july this year yeah um i just found it wasn't doing anything for me yeah and kind of just examine why i was doing it and yeah this the, the answers kind of came up short really so i was like well you could just not yeah really that was a <laughs> that was a, something i hadn't occurred to me before um so i've got quite <coughs> into the non-alcoholic beers because i do like that feeling of a a reward at the end of my work day and you know a yep. nice cold drink and yeah um the non-alcoholic ones do do exactly for me what I'm looking for it's really? just that that feeling of you know you sit down put your feet up nice cold refreshing drink yeah you know job well done yeah um so that's a that's kind of a, a tactic
0: was that you know. difficult giving it up or like you said did you just get to a point where you weren't fussed about alcohol anymore
1: it was I got to a point where I was just a bit disappointed with myself
0: every time you did it
1: yeah, like I wasn't getting smashed up or anything like that. Yeah. Um, It's been a long time since I've had kind of more than a couple of drinks yeah. at a time. But I was finding that I'd sort of start the day going, yeah, I'm going to have an AFD, uh, alcohol-free day right. today. Um, and then I'd get on the bus and go, oh, do you know what, maybe I'll just have a glass of wine. Yeah. And then I'd wake up in the morning and go, oh, why did I do that? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And I just got a f- bit fed up with being disappointed with myself. Okay, right. Um, not that there's anything wrong with having, you know, a glass of wine. This is not, you know, I'm not, I desperately don't want to be Mrs. Judgy Judge McJunchpens about anybody else's drinking (laughs) habits. Um, so it's purely a personal choice, but I'm a bit of a, not even a bit, a lot of a lightweight now. And even a glass of wine, I don't feel hung over the next day, but I can tell I've had a drink. I don't feel as bright and sparky as I do when I haven't. Yeah. And I just decided I want to feel, wake up feeling as bright and sparky as I can every day. Yeah. And um, not a bit disappointed with myself, so. Yeah. Yeah, so having those on the bus is kind of a, is a, is a good tactic for me. Um, what, was, what, what were the other rules? Rules, rules. Um, I mean, I try not to be too heavy on the rules front, because yeah. I'm, um, if I make too many hard and fast rules, I just feel like I'm putting myself in a cage. And I wanted, I want the choices to be from a positive place, because... I want to feel good rather than I can't have this and yeah. I can't have that and I must do this and I must do that. Um, but I try and get a bit of yoga in each morning yep. um, before I have a shower before I load in. Try and just do half an hour. In so the do you room. still
0: you go and find a dressing room and do it there? Yeah, excellent. Yeah, oh, right, okay. um, you know, some oh, days. So when you, it said you work. had a full yoga session the other day, it doesn't. That's just a, a full on session. Excuse me for the ignorance. That's a full on session, but you're still actually doing a little mini session every day before yeah. you start working. You yeah, know? absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay, right, yeah. yeah. Right, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: I'll just sort of get like fully immerse myself on a day off and do an hour and a half, two hours. But yeah. but on a work day I'll generally try and get um actually on most tours I generally try and get an hour in before work. Oh really? But, but I start a little bit earlier on this one than I than I would on a general you know, on a normal rock and roll tour. Yeah. So I'll try and do half an hour in the yeah. morning before a shower and it just makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Um, just have, you know, five or ten minutes of meditation and half an hour on the mat and I just feel great at the end of it, you know, my yeah. My mind feels clear and and calm, and my body just feels mobile and and strong and healthy. It feels yeah. good.
0: Yeah, which yeah, it's quite a good transition into the yoga actually, and how how you got into it. Mm. Um, and how long ago? I
1: got into it um, eleven years ago. Okay, eleven, twelve years ago, and um, so my husband, who I've mentioned, he he. Um, was sound engineer on Kylie as well, and we met on that tour. Okay. So he, and he's Australian. Yeah. And so we've kind of bounced back to to and fro between England and Oz since we got together back then. Yeah. Um, and we were in Brisbane, and um, I couldn't work while I was there at all because um, I didn't have my visa sorted out yet. Okay. Yeah. So we were spending a few months there, and we got a gym membership uh, placed down the road, and it had it was one of those where all the classes are included okay yeah so i thought well, i'm just gonna try some different things while i'm here know, i was already quite i was into my fitness by this stage yeah. and so was he and that was kind of our thing and um i thought i'd go and try pilates because that was you know included and i gave that a go and
0: how did you find
1: that I mean, it obviously works i mean there was a woman there i remember her to this day she must have been in her 70s but she had the body of a 30 year old like a fit 30 year old she looked amazing really? yeah i was like wow this stuff works yeah um but it, it was good. And if I hadn't found anything else, I probably would have okay. stuck with it. Um, but it didn't it didn't super light me up. It was okay. Yeah. And then the next day I went to a yoga class and it was love at first down dog. Really? I literally, it, as soon as the teacher opened her mouth and sort of led us into the first pose, I was like, oh my God, right. I found my thing. Well, you know, I'd already found my thing when I was 12 and I went to the music. Yeah, thing, yeah. but um I found my other thing. That's great, yeah. <laughs> You um, could have multiple things Multiple <laughs> things, yeah, you don't have to just have one thing um, And uh, just absolutely loved it yeah. And I'd spoken to the teacher beforehand And said, you know, I'm, I was, you know, just said I was new And I'd never done it before And she came over at the end of the class And said, how was that? I absolutely loved it And she said, are you absolutely sure you haven't done any yoga before? Because you seemed like fairly, You seemed like you, you knew where you were going with it You didn't seem confused or lost Or it's like, no, I just, just felt really natural and she said, this is going to sound really weird. And you're going to think I'm a mad hippie, but I've got a really strong feeling you're going to teach one day. Really? Yeah. I was like, okay, that's the first weird. lesson. First lesson. Sure. Yeah. She's quite an intuitive person. We've kept in touch. Um, but yeah, she had this really strong sense I was going to end up teaching. Um, And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, all, all, many years later when I did decide to go and do my teacher training, I I messaged her and said, well, your crystal ball was right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. And what sort of style? Because it, I find it confusing. There's so many styles, yeah, right? Yeah. And what sort of style is it that you um, got your did the course the teacher course in?
1: Um, okay, so the, the style that I actually did my training in is called Vinny Yoga. Um, v- Viny Yoga. Vinnie, it's right. it's not that well known. Um, it's quite it's one of the older forms. And you spell that. A V-I-N-I.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yoga. Viny Yoga. Um, and it's that's quite a um personalized form um it's it's a more it's a therapeutic approach working very much with the person as an individual so you create the yoga practice to fit the person you don't try and impose the practice on the person or make, make the person fit the practice um
0: so it could it could very much vary person to person absolutely yeah okay yeah
1: and that's kind of what led me into um the yoga therapy which we'll talk about about later on but um that was what my training was in. My initial practice personally was Ashtanga, which is a very dynamic form, which I loved and um, I still practice occasionally. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a set sequence each time you do it. And I think it gave me a really good grounding and it taught me a lot and gave me a lot of um, discipline and strength and focus. But then after about five years of practicing that, very very diligently, I decide. I then started to want to branch out and, and look at other things and other styles. Yeah. Um. So I did my training with, with Vini Yoga and the forms I teach most most frequently now is, is kind of a blend of um slow hatha restorative and yin, uh, right. which so so the slower forms and the more therapeutic forms. Um. And but I also like teaching vinyasa flow, which is which is again a more pasty dynamic one. Okay. But I really like to weave in a lot of philosophy and meditation and the breath work. I like to make it a very rounded yoga practice because there's so much more to yoga than just the postures. Yeah. And I really like when somebody comes to a class with me to get all of it okay. woven yeah. in. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, which is the Vinny? Is it, are they all as hard as each other? Is all yoga quite hard to do uh, no. as, a, as a workout?
1: Um, as a physical workout, no. They're, they're very, very varying in intensity. Right from restorative, which is, um, which is basically lying in various poses or shapes, being completely supported by bolsters and props, and so, okay, yeah. so the idea there is to completely relax the body and mind. Of course, um, to let the the deeper layers of musculature relax completely and okay. let go. So the postural muscles. Yeah. Um, to actually let go, which they don't often have a chance to do. Yeah. Um, and then you've got everything up up the graph, right the way up to probably Ashtanga, I would say, is the, is the most vigorous form, yeah. um, or one of the most vigorous forms. That's a very fast-moving... You only hold each posture for five breaths, and you're, you're doing a sort of particular um, set of movements um, called, a, called a vinyasa between each of them yeah. to keep it flowing. And you build a lot of heat... Um, and that's very demanding physically so you, there's there's everything along this the spectrum and there really is something for everyone yeah no matter what your age or physical ability
0: yeah so for so, uh, it's interesting what you said about um letting the deeper deeper muscles give them a, a chance to actually switch off and relax mm. and when you think about it for someone who doesn't really manage to get or even someone that does manage to get a lot of exercise but never does anything a little bit slower pe- take someone doing crossfit for example yeah every every workout is heavy weights really high intensity for as many reps as they can until they throw up <laughs> that doesn't sound <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> sometimes do I do like you do that. that no i don't do crossfit but i do like that style of workout every now and again yeah. yeah i like to i like the fact that it makes you kind of feel alive like hill running for example you right. get to the top and you you feel like you're gonna be sick because yeah I I like that every now and again but again as I've got older I'll mix it up as well and I now like to try and do the just sometimes if I can't be asked for a full workout just sitting in the gym for a while yeah but actually now I'm quite into the meditation side of things as well just Mm. realizing the benefit of just relaxing and switching off sometimes and actually just concentrating on the stretch yeah rather than letting your mind wander and, and all that sort of stuff. sounds a bit like, have you been
1: to a yoga class?
0: No, but I it really want to. It sounds a bit like you're doing it without even yeah, meaning I, to. <laughs> I actually really want to, because I've got um, quite bad uh, back problems. I've got a tear in my, um, I can't remember what the disc number is, but in one of my oh, right. di- lower discs, I've got a tear. So I've got quite a lot of pain there. And every loadout I do, for example, the next morning I'm in bits. But And I went to see a specialist and about it, and he advised Pilates, and I tried Pilates, but and i come from a martial arts and gym background it mm. was just wasn't quite difficult th- it needs to be a little bit difficult for me a workout yeah not always like i said but pilates i just found myself a bit like mm, this isn't really and again i'm not in the quite bit of, it's just strange for a bloke so sur- surrounded by old, older women in the yeah. class i'm a bit like is this my place yeah so you, i was never really comfortable doing it getting a little bit bored and i didn't really stick with it and i went to see a chiropractor as well and they said i don't know if pilates is the answer you've got a strong core you work out i don't know that that's gonna yeah you know to a certain point i have to just understand that i just have to manage it Mm. but anyway i spoke to the specialist about yoga and he kind of said no um no pilates i think's for you yoga he kind of poo-pooed yoga which was really annoying because it was him you, you kind of said it a minute ago in, in one of the yoga theories, not about putting your um, your point of view across. It's like I didn't really want his... I did want his point of view, but, but anyway, he kind of poo-pooed yoga and put me off it. But other podcasts I listen to that talk about blokes doing hot yoga for um, injury recovery and stuff like that, I'm just more and more starting to think about it. But again, it's mm. finding the right class routine in our industry is quite quite difficult so yeah yeah it's something i'd really like to try actually and get into but again yeah it's finding class and I don't want to sound like i'm making an excuse finding time as well yeah you might actually really like ashtanga yeah the
1: the, the the discipline of it and um there are more men doing that yeah i mean the, the irony is i know it's been we've women have kind of co-opted yoga as a bit, a bit of a, a our thing in the west but it was uh, yoga was originally only practiced by men Really? We've just completely it nicked it. India. It, it? Ah, okay, yeah. right. Yeah, we've just completely hijacked it. Yeah, so <laughs> now we're that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, there are men, more men doing it, and uh, the, the more dynamic forms like Ashtanga, and particularly in London, um, there, yeah. are, there, are, there are more and more men doing styles like Ashtanga.
0: Yeah. I think you might enjoy it. Yeah, I think I will start to get into it um, at some point soon. I can't really exercise too much at the moment because of the whole health thing that i told you about that i'm a bit paranoid about getting ill again if i overdo stuff so yeah just concentrate on getting better first and then i'm definitely going to look into things like that yeah i did a lot of used to do a lot of brazilian jiu-jitsu which is something i want to get back into um and they've got similar similar kind of philosophies because it is a it's a brazilian um martial art that does focus a lot on Um, well it's self-defense but it's also a lot about discipline and respect and stuff like that as well obviously Mm. and and learning to relax in uncomfortable situations and things like that that sounds interesting yeah because if you if someone's got you in a choke and if you fight it too hard or if you're going too intense then you'll just burn out and so it's actually about learning to relax and about being very fluid with with your movements and stuff like that as well and I remember doing a session of that when I was really stressed out a long time ago and after the session i was like wow I've, i haven't switched off my brain like that for i don't know how long yeah. because when you, if you're fighting i'd imagine in the same as holding a, holding a yoga pose you can't think about anything else but doing that thing right there right
1: absolutely yeah
0: which is which is just a great form of therapy yeah
1: yeah you're you're standing on one leg with the other one in a strange place or you're not, you're upside down or whatever you, you start thinking about what you're gonna have for dinner it's all over you're gonna, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> gonna fall over <laughs>
0: Literally, as a thought enters your head, you <laughs> yeah. <just> stack it. <laughs> yeah. So, what about the um, the other theory stuff you said about
1: the philosophy, the and, philosophy and all that sort of thing? Yeah. Um,
0: Is I, that something you learned as you did the course, or did you just get into it yourself?
1: Um, I started getting into it myself and just doing a lot of reading around it. Um, I was aware that there was a lot more to it, and I had a, a a couple of fantastic teachers in my in my early yoga days. So they were they would weave it into their classes and lend me books and things like that. And then when I did my teacher training, it was, again, a very rounded yoga training of, of all aspects of yoga. Yeah. Um, and so that was it was it was presented um, as part of the training. And it's something that's that really piqued my interest. And um, it's it's kind of the, the whole of yoga makes the whole of life easier. It's right. like a toolkit for making life easier. Yeah. And, and that goes, you know, along with philosophy as well. There's, there's so much in there that you can apply to everyday life. And one of the things I'm very passionate about in my, um, in my posts and my blogs, and I'm actually um, writing a book about at the moment, is taking these what at first might seem quite intimidating Yoga philosophies, these you know, these ancient philosophies, and making them very relevant to normal modern life. Modern, yeah, okay. Um, because like it, there is so much wisdom in that and it just so much that you can it can really just help with everyday living. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not on a mat. You can be utilizing the tools of yoga and practicing yoga in the whole of your life, not yeah. just when you're on your mat.
0: Yeah. So, what sort of um, with the meditation? What's I remember you telling me. Tell, tell me about the thing with the candle that you said you did because i've tried meditation and it can take a long time to get into it's really difficult to switch off the thoughts i use something called headspace which helps guide you through it but even then it can be quite difficult to switch off your thoughts but i like the the thing you was telling me about the other day with the candle
1: yeah um so the thing with the candle is a practice called trataka um it's 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 gazing at a a fixed point and the candle is the the most frequent um frequently used object um and you just gaze at the candle for um and, and you, you gaze at the candle until you feel the urge to blink or that your eyes start to water. And when that happens you just close your eyes and you might see an image of the flame on the inside of your eyelids or you might not. Um you either wait for the image to subside or you just wait maybe five breaths. Yeah. And then you open your eyes and repeat. And you do that for no more than ten minutes at a stretch. Um and you just set
0: an alarm for that out of interest.
1: Um, I'll generally have—I mean, I know how long my breaths are, so I can count it. But um, you can have a, a clock just off in the in the distance, or or have a, download a, a little timer that's—you know—one of the, the sort of gong sounds yeah. rather than because yeah. <laughs> that, that, that completely ruins the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. Um, uh, just from the sake. From the point of view Of being responsible About this um, Don't do this At home kids If you have got um, Epilepsy Or any eye problems right. um, But um, if that's not the case Then yeah It's a fantastically Calming practice Great for right before bed Because it actually Stimulates your pineal gland Which is the one That produces melatonin The sleepy hormone uh-huh. So it's fab For that And, and just having Something like that To focus don't on, fall asleep on Don't force it with candle <laughs> on. Don't force it with I feel like we have to Have a lot, a lot of Health and safety <laughs> warnings <wallets. laughs> um but um but But having something to focus on as well though right you can do yeah do you Uh, me personally no i tend to use it as a tool when i've got jet lag okay oh nice because it stimulates you know you can buy over the counter melatonin um, for jet lag but um you know you can make your own you've got the gland in your head that makes it so diy (laughs) diy pharmaceuticals um so i use it when i've got jet lag because it helps to re-regulate your your circadian rhythms so yeah
0: being someone who travels as much as you do as well you live in oz i do live in oz yeah tour the world for your work yeah probably do a lot of rehearsals and things in london and then go on tour yeah so yeah jet lag's a big thing then i'd imagine yeah i've heard um when you first uh touch down in wherever you're traveling to is that going and getting in a quite hard workout is supposed to be quite a good uh quite a good tool for overcoming jet lag as well i don't really know why and if it actually works but it could be worth a try
1: yeah, I generally try and um, hit the mat fairly fairly soon after I land. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: So, do you do a meditate practice meditative practice in the morning as well? Or?
1: Every day, I meditate every morning. Have done for about seven years now. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: uh, but obviously not not with the candle. This is a different. Th- this
1: is just me just sitting, um, and it it started very small. Um, it started with um, just sitting for ten breaths. Every yep. morning, you don't... The biggest mistake people... People make two huge mistakes with meditation. They think, first of all, I can't stop my thoughts, therefore I can't meditate. Yep. Nobody can stop their thoughts. That's just your mind doing what it does. Cool. Um, it's learning to just allow the thoughts to pass you by like clouds yep. rather than grabbing onto every thought and letting it become a story. And you will grab onto thoughts and they will become stories, but then you just notice when you've done that, uh-huh. put it down, come back to just watching you breathing yeah just 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 being aware of your breath going in and out so i started by just literally sitting i put the kettle on in the morning and just sit and count 10 breaths okay and that was really accessible because the other big mistake people make is thinking that you've got to sit for half an hour at a time yeah and nobody can do that for at first yeah um physically it's uncomfortable to sit um, for that length of time. You don't have to sit cross-legged. It Is the other thing. You can sit in a chair. You want your spine to be upright. You don't have to put your fingertips together. You don't, like have, to put your <laughs> together. You don't have to and it just You just need to find yourself a comfortable position that yeah. you can you can be in. Um, but yeah, to to try and, and think you can magically make yourself have no thoughts and sit there for half an hour when you first start is just crazy talk. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I'm glad
0: you said that. It's definitely worth mentioning because that is probably what most people may think of meditation. It's quite in, quite in your mind sit still and stop thinking yeah why are you still thinking stop it (laughs) it's just like it's great that you said it's just not no one can do that it's not possible no it's what our brains are designed this is what they do yeah stop it happening but it's
1: it's yeah your your mind's just doing its thing
0: so i suppose as you get good at it you are eventually stopping thinking because i thought i guess between thought for example you sit down you close your eyes you start meditating you do your breaths Mm. you finish your breaths and then, say a thought pops into your head of something you've got to do that day, mm. and then I think probably in in the headspace you you acknowledge, oh, that's a thought, and mm. then you like you said with the cloud, and then you let it go, you just let it pass by. As you get good at it, is it a case of between thoughts gets longer? Exactly that. Is yeah. that what it is? Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. The
1: gaps between thoughts get as long. Most days, but you know you have to. It, it comes and goes. It's not linear. Some days you'll have like this blissfully quiet time in your head. And others, it'll be like your brain's just going... Yeah. Uh, and, um, oh, we've got to do this later. And have you remembered to do that? And should, Shall I sing you a song? <laughs> Is that a song from the show, perhaps. <laughs> um, and uh, just talking complete nonsense. Um,
0: yeah. So... I suppose as you get good at it as well, you learn not to get f- annoyed and fed up with that exactly. process. Exactly,
1: because it's just your mind doing what your mind does. And... Um, I love the saying, I don't know who who said it, but you, your the mind is a great servant and a terrible master. Yeah. It's, it's, you'd be stuck without it, you know, you couldn't plan or, or make anything happen without your mind. It's a tool, yeah, but it shouldn't be running the show. Yeah. And it's learning to manage that and learning to actually have a sense of humor about it as well. That's and really worth mentioning. Recognizing yeah. the kind of repetitive thoughts that you have. Are you, do you tend to be more future based? I've got to do this, I've got to do that, or... Worrying about things that you've done in the past. I shouldn't have said that. I wonder what they thought of that. Yeah. Just, just noticing what your personal kind of crazy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said a uh, reason you know, we're all mental, yeah. like you said recently in one of your your uh, podcasts. And um, just recognising your own thought patterns, having a laugh at yourself about it. Definitely. Um, and um, it, I think it just, it really helps you <laughs> not to take yourself so seriously, I think, a lot yeah. of the time.
0: I listened to an audio book um, a while ago. I'm gonna completely murder how you the pronunciation on the name. I think it's pen, penna-, cauldron, penna cauldron
1: Pema Chodron. Uh, Pema Childron.
0: There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, an audio book. It was kind of meditation sessions, which she was talking a lot, and I think it was just like a live session of her teaching meditation, and and she said the whole thing about using sense of humor. So, and something that's worked for me, and I still do to this day, is it's really easy when something happens to get all a bit this unfair and well, oh, for God's sake, that kind of a mentality if something goes wrong for you as it always will. But I remember her saying, thinking of it as a little bit of a sense of humour of, ugh, just my luck. And yeah. just kind of laughing it off rather than, I can't believe this has happened to me and that really unfair kind of a thing. Yeah,
1: it's completely outrageous. My life is meant to go smoothly all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you kind of just Reframe it as <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, that's just my luck. Okay, on on we go. Yeah, you drop it so much easier, I find. Yeah,
1: she's wonderful. I love her teachings.
0: Yeah, yeah, I must uh, listen. Where's she from then?
1: Um, she's American. Um, but she's Tibetan Buddhist. I okay, think. Right. Yeah, Buddhist nun. Um, I'm not sure where she's studied and trained. But she's. I think her center is, is somewhere in America. Yeah. Yeah
0: going back to what you were saying about the the personality type where you tend to be someone that worries about which which would you say you are
1: um more future-based really got to do this got to do that yeah got to do the other there's i mean i always have a bunch of stuff that i want to do and that i'm working on and that i yeah you know can't find enough hours in the day to fit in yeah um
0: personal stuff fun stuff
1: um creative stuff a lot of the time so yeah. it's not it's not like i'm having these awful thoughts about you know i've this laundry list of stuff that i've got to do and i hate it it's ideas popping into my head that, you wanna do, um, that i want to do like the books and like the books and, yeah. and um you know i've got whole, all sorts of plans for you know expanding my my um my website and and on my online teachings and trainings yeah um so yeah it's just just recognizing that you know all of those ideas will still be there yeah after this twenty minutes on the mat, you know I'm not going to suddenly completely lose everything I've ever thought about. Yeah. <laughs> you know the thoughts will come back; it's fine.
0: Yeah. So, how do you do? You remind yourself, or are you mindful of enjoying them processes? Because you've got we can talk about the books as well. You've done two already.
1: Um, so I've written um, a children's yoga adventure yeah. um, that's been illustrated by a fantastic artist who's also Aerosmith's uh, tour manager called uh, Jimena Pineda. And um, we are just in the final stages of, of polishing that up and finding trying to find a publisher for yeah. that. And um, and I'm writing one that's that I'm most of the way through, which is the the one about making yoga philosophy very accessible to to everyday life. Yeah
0: yeah. So how do you do you have to remind yourself or does this happen naturally to enjoy that process because I even with this podcast and things like that, if I'm not careful, I still find myself, making to-do lists around the podcast I've got to do this must do this must hit this many listeners I've got these targets and I sometimes accidentally turn things fun what are supposed to be fun things into like a business and uh just focus on where I've got to get to with it rather than enjoying the process yeah do you you find yourself doing that is that something you have to keep on top of or Um, is it
1: you can definitely suck the joy out of things for yourself (laughs) if 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 you kind of get to the I think there's a balance to be had like everything the 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 more of life I see the more I'm convinced that the answer lies somewhere in the middle with most things um, and I think lists and planning and all that sort of stuff is fantastic because it helps you to do things I think the mistakes come in where you try and um, mix the list up too much when you put the very big goals next to the little thing that you can do in 10 minutes yeah for me it's about breaking things down into small actionable steps and not putting very vague goals like find a publisher well that's a pretty big thing yeah um but if I write...
0: Not, not doing that. Not doing that. Yeah. But
1: having that, you know, knowing that, that yeah. I'm not going to forget that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know yeah. that's my goal. But writing something like spend 20 minutes researching publishers in Australia. Yeah, okay. And write down names. That's yeah. something, an actionable thing that I can do that, that takes a certain amount of time. Yeah. That, for me, keeps the fun in it. Because the real fun for me is in the creative side of it. Yeah. And, and um, the nuts and bolts of getting things actually out to an audience isn't the most fun part of it for me yeah but making things manageable and bite-sized and, and not too too spurious and big and vague yeah that's break breaking it down into something that i can actually do today yeah. in under half an hour and then tick off the list and actually know that i've done something very proactive and moving that goal forward that's, yeah. that's what a makes it good step for me. towards it. exactly yeah
0: so is the book the one with the the yoga adventures one mm. Is that, is, is that available yet, or do you need a publisher? No, we need a available?
1: publisher. Anybody out there, literary agents or publishers interested, yeah. um, it's called Gabby the Guru Goes to the Jungle. Yeah. And it's set in Colombia, and it's about a six-year-old girl who um, whose parents um, were eaten by a tiger. Right. Um, but she goes off for an adventure That's into the jungle. Then. That sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> she goes off into the jungle, and... Um, and she meets lots of different animals and ends up befriending a tiger. Yeah. Um, and Gabby, our little guru friend, has got lots of yoga tips and tricks up her sleeve and uh, I won't I won't spoil yeah, the, the, no the surprise. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, a lot of the kids' yoga books out there haven't really got a massive amount of storyline or excitement or adventure in them. Yeah. Um, and what we feel is unique about this is that it's it can be read just as a as a fun kid's story or you can get kids involved and have them doing the yoga poses yeah. you know with it, within within an activity group setting so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of got both sides to it so our plan is to is for gabby to to grow up over a period of 8 years yeah and the, the her adventures get <laughs> gradually more sophisticated and helping helping the readers to to get their own little yoga tools yeah to help navigate things like the, you know the things that kids experience as they're growing up um you know from from friendships to bullying to to school pressures to to puberty, you know, and, and have the stories gradually get more sophisticated. Love it. W- what we're aiming for is a yogic Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Harry Potter, very
0: good. Excellent. Yeah. Good luck. Hope you find a. I'm sure you will. It sounds like a great idea. Thank you. And Aerosmith's pub, um tour manager. Yeah. Say. Yeah. There you go. That's another selling point there. Yeah. What was their name?
1: jimena Pineda she's they? colombian she, ah, okay, yeah right. that was there, that was the connection there yeah
0: are they still touring there,
1: um they are yeah they're still they they keep keep out there doing stuff um her is not actually with them right now because she's just had a baby okay great um but yeah she was with them quite a long time nice yeah.
0: and so up to the modern day you moved to australia last yeah, just before we did Glastonbury, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So kind of eighteen months ago. Yeah. What part of us? Um, we were in the Sunshine Coast, and um, we've just um, moving to Melbourne. Okay. No, yeah, just just briefly, but we'll, we'll we'll probably end up back in Queensland at some point because I love it up there.
0: Sorry, is Queensland the sunshine? Queensland Sunshine Coast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, right.
1: around Brisbane up there. Um, yeah, we just need to go to Melbourne for for six months for personal reasons, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Aussie life is the way for me. I do, really? I do love it down there, yeah.
0: When did you think, yeah, I could I could live here? Um,
1: I battled it, actually, at first. We really? toed and froed quite a lot, as I said, because Chris is Australian. But yeah. um, I struggled with how far... sounds <laughs> ridiculous. Obviously, it's a long way away. It's yeah. the other side of the world. But you don't really grasp it until you're actually there and realise that you got on a plane in Australia and you fly for five hours and you're still flying over Australia. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bloody big place. Yeah. And it's a very long way away from anywhere, which yeah. is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but it makes touring a bit tricky. Right. Um, and now I've been incredibly lucky that I've got some longstanding clients and, um, you know, really lucky with, with um, Simon putting me up for this War of the Worlds gig because I've worked with Simon for a long time. Yeah. been incredibly lucky with longstanding clients that um, have continued to employ me and be- touring like this in chunks... It's fine because <laughs> I can come over for uh, you know six weeks, or whatever. Yeah, and that makes it worthwhile. It's doing the little promo bits in between, which is tricky. But I've I've been very lucky to have clients that are prepared to because they're short distance re- of work. Yeah, you know it's not it's worth me coming over for cost. two or three days. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It, it would cost me more to get here than it would than I'd make. Yeah, um, but I've been very lucky to have a few clients who are prepared to accommodate that and find other people to do the bits and bobs and still have me out on the on the t- on the main tours. So right. yeah, so I've been lucky.
0: So, yeah, what what is it about Oz then that made you think, yeah, I could live here? Oh, Because, um, I mean, everything wants to kill you out there. That is true. Spiders in your shoe.
1: <laughs> that is true. I've had some alarming spider situations and really? quite a lot of snakes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We've
0: only lived there for a year.
1: <laughs> um, we did live in the jungle, in fairness. So, really? <laughs> in the rainforest, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, so is that, um, is that on your Instagram where you've got some of your um, the yoga ones going on? Yeah, you look, seem to be on some sort of um, like wooden podium, wooden yeah structure with thing, yeah, a jungle in the background. Yeah, so that, that's your that that's home. where you were living. Yeah,
1: wow, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, I mean, what we got completely overexcited. We sold up our little um, two bed Victorian place in in Surrey, yeah, and basically got completely overexcited by what that can buy you in rural Australia. Right. And thought 11 acres of rainforest would be a fantastic idea.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds great to me. Well, well it, other than it was everything, incredible,
1: that's... absolutely beautiful, and completely unmanageable when you both travel. Right? Um, it was, yeah, it was stunning, but um, it's nature absolutely slam dunks you out there, really. It, it really shows you who's boss. I mean, when I we it when get it storms it through there, oh my god, like serious storms, um, you know, we. Like scary, like the proper you know trees bent sideways that you see on the news kind of storms. Um, We're just not used to in England. Not used to at all. You know, we had a a hundred meter high um, big gum tree come down across the front of the house and land on my car. Um, And just trees coming down all the time. And you know, there's a risk of forest fires all the time. You panic every time you smell smoke. Yeah. Um, Lots of snakes. Um, Obviously, in a a rainforest, you are you can't complain about it. You're living in there. Like half, yeah, you're, stair- the, you're the instigator. <laughs> um, spiders, the spiders there didn't worry me too much. We didn't ha- didn't see too many scary, well, not, not like dangerous ones, but the so- <laughs> size of the bloody things. Yeah, bigger than my hand. <laughs>
0: so they're not always the dangerous ones, though, right? No,
1: it's uh, the little black shiny ones you have got to watch out for. They just look. But the like like they could big buggers that are the size of your hand that are like you've got boxing gloves on. Yeah. Um, but uh, but not the lifestyle to you off. There is, no, because the lifestyle is just fabulous. Is it
0: just the weather? Um, How much? Of it's it's about not even the weather,
1: the weather to me. To, to, for me to be honest, because really? the, the summer there gets a bit too much for me. It's a bit, okay. bit like yeah. forty something. is a bit really. Um,
0: but I've, I've never been, so it does intrigue me. You have to come and visit. It's great. Yeah.
1: Um, but there's there's a very outdoorsy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, obviously, when you get those blisteringly hot days, you're grateful to be indoors for the AC. Um but you tailor your life around it, you go out and about early in the morning and later in the afternoon. Um but the beaches, you know, are just absolutely stunning. There's you know, you can walk for miles on a beach and not see a soul right. on white white sandy beaches. Um the the overcrowding is, is far less, you know, they've got a population the size of London and Manchester in a country the size of Europe.
0: Is that really the population? Yeah. London and Manchester? Yeah. Oh my god.
1: In a country the size of Europe. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's uninhabitable. Most yeah, people sure, around yeah. the edges, but yeah. um, but even so, you know, the the space and the um, the wildness of of you know, it's incredibly beautiful, um, incredibly diverse landscapes, and yeah, just I just love it. Yeah,
0: have you always kind of been outdoorsy?
1: Um, have I? Not in terms of like sporty, not that kind of outdoorsy. I've always loved being being outdoors, but yeah. um, I was definitely not what you would have described as a sporty child, right? Yeah, <laughs> at all. <laughs> and they do love their sports, in ours. They're obsessed with sports, right. absolutely crazy about it. And that's not not really my bag. But um, the lifestyle there is um very easy to be healthy, very yeah. easy to be very active. Um, and you know the, the the fruit and veg and all that sort of stuff. You know, we were living out the back of a pineapple farm. Right. which was which was just great you know these avocados that are you know the size of your head kind of yeah. thing yeah um, with
0: that climate the the variation and you can eat whilst eating local is just it's crazy isn't it yeah obviously for us at home in the uk you're not eating locally by eating avocados and some of the like tropical fruits that we'd eat exactly not that yeah. there's anything wrong with you know it's but I like the idea of being able to eat stuff that is grown on your doorstep, yeah, and a very varied colour of stuff as well, yeah. So yeah, I'd imagine it's quite quite easy to eat eat well out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, I get completely overexcited every time we go into a farmers' market. I try and I try, yeah, and, I try and do that. I think some some things are more expensive there. Supermarkets are really quite expensive in oh, comparison, there. and not as big and varied as we have here. Um, but i try and always go to a farmer's market for the fruit and veg. And i just get totally overexcited, come Every home like backs and backs with like bags and bags of Chris. I'd be like, you know, there's only yeah. two of us, right? Who's going to eat all <laughs> that fruit?
0: Yeah. And you eat, you eat you're kind of pescatarian now, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that strict pescatarian?
1: Um, I don't eat any meat. I haven't done for quite a long time. Um, I did go, f- I was fully vegetarian for a while. Um, and done really well. Um I probably don't. Yeah, you know, I don't have a problem continuing with it. But I found on the road it's quite difficult sometimes, particularly more out of the way places. You can risk just end up eating a lot of carbs and a lot yeah. of, um, a lot of stodge really. Beige um, food. I've beige food, and I found that I felt something was missing. So I did go back to eating fish.
0: Cool. Yeah. And you find that's easier to, easier to manage on tour if you if you have fish.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean I do again you don't always have a lot of control over over what you're eating as we say um you know wherever possible i'd try and um make sure fish is sustainable um yeah. responsibly sourced and all the rest of it um and if there's a good vegetarian option that, that appeals to me that that's that's not sort of heavy stodge carb based yeah um i'll go for that but a lot of the time you less kind of enlightened places you uh you do end up getting pasta with tomato sauce a lot (laughs) so that's not really (laughs) (laughs) doesn't really help
0: (laughs) so when did you give up meat? um roughly how long ago how many years ago
1: probably about five years ago right I, d- I, was, I was vegetarian for about six years in my teens. Okay, right. But a really bad vegetarian. Yeah. Like a pot noodles and chips vegetarian. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, <laughs> student got, a student vegetarian. student vegetarian, yeah. i yeah, yeah. just basically got very ill. So. Sorry,
0: stu- sorry, vegetarian students if I'm judging you there.
1: I'm sure students are a lot more, m- more educated now than I was Chips then. and pot noodles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, why did you decide to give up, mate?
1: Um... I don't, and again, not being judging, judge yeah, pants about anyone yeah. else's choices, but um, I really like the idea of... Th- the first principle of yoga is non-violence. Okay. And I like the idea of extending that to um, to other living creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, ju- I just like the idea of, of extending that principle as, as far as possible. And, yeah, I do eat dairy. I mean, I sometimes think, should I go vegan? You know, that would be ultimately would be the the ultimate expression of that non-violence
0: and you'd just be eating nuts on tour you know
1: i would (laughs) (laughs) you know i would um so then you have to balance that with with you know non-violence towards yourself and and doing what you 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 need to do to keep your own body healthy yeah um but i try and take a an ethical approach to to you know buy buy organic um dairy products and, and, and that sort of thing so yeah
0: what's your thoughts on meat and health um
1: I'm not big on the red meat thing. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. This is just what I have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. L- l- you know, read and 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 found to be true in my own body. Um, I don't think red meat is a great idea. Um, I think it's difficult for the body to digest. Yeah. Um, we know that processed meats and 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 smoked meats are a terrible idea. We know we you know we know yeah. what bacon and sausages do in terms of bowel health and all the rest of that now. So I think that's a really, really good thing to avoid if you can. Yeah. Um, I think listening to your body and really getting in tune with what you feel that your body needs. Yeah. um, Not what your taste buds and your brain want. Yeah. Going, oh yeah. Mars bar cake. Let's have some of that. Um, That must be my, what I need (laughs) because that's what I'm craving, but actually starting to learn to really feel into your body, what, what your body needs. And, um, and I think different people need different things. I mean, if you yeah, are great. massively craving um some some meat or some protein, then then maybe that's what your body needs. But I do tend to think that um a heavily meat-based diet is is not a good idea personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you mention and feel free you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Did you mention that you had some eating disorders when you were younger? Yeah, no, I'm very happy to talk about it. as right,
1: well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, um a lot in fact, um for about 15 years. So, from that's a long time, yeah, from 12 to 27. Really, yeah, um, uh, started with anorexia um, and then moved into
0: is again, forgive my ignorance, is mm. anorexia where you'll eat and be sick? That's bulimia, that's bulimia, what I sorry. that's what right. I graduated okay. to. <laughs> okay, yeah, you moved up to so that. I kicked
1: off with anorexia <laughs> where you just don't eat at all. So, anorexia is just um, not eating, okay, Star, right. starvation basically. Um, so, at one stage, I was eating um, an apple every other day fucking hell yeah um and I weighed um probably four stone less than I do now really yeah um and then yeah so that that was yeah when I was sort of like uh, 12 13 and then um
0: what, what was it uh I presume it was a body image thing was it um
1: it was actually a, a um some difficult personal stuff i've been going through um there was some abuse in my in my background right um, and that was what triggered it okay um and then that's it was so it was more than a body image thing it was more of an actual self image thing of, of who i was as the person and okay. um shame and taking on blame that w- that wasn't mine to take on it was it was all to do with that it was all quite dark stuff right yeah um which is what led me to have the therapy that you know that we we talked about the other day. Yeah. Um then that graduated into um bulimia um and binge eating but but bulimia really stuck with me um you aware? Chronically until I was until I was in my mid twenties.
0: When you're going through it, are you aware that that it's happening? Is that a weird question? I don't know.
1: Are you aware that like I am anorexic or I am bulimic? Yeah. or well, um, I'm
0: doing i shouldn't be doing this this isn't good for me
1: not so much when i was anorexic and possibly just because i was very young as well um i wasn't as i wasn't sufficiently self-aware as as that but it was it was part it was a control thing yeah um i felt i had no control over what was happening to me um at the hands of other parties and this was a way of asserting some control over my life. The one thing I could control was what I put in my mouth. Right. So that was that was a way of, um. Yeah, of asserting some sort of control, and. I wasn't. I don't know if I would have labelled it anorexia. I knew it wasn't normal. Yeah. And I knew that, like, I was getting dragged by aside by my teachers and asked what was going on and that kind of stuff. Um but it was my coping mechanism right and it was almost like a friend it was cu- it was it was pretty dark yeah Um. but it was like my very shadowy friend in yeah. a way um the bulimia yes i was aware because I, I mean i was getting older and i knew what it was i knew what i had i knew what was uh, what i was doing but it's a compulsion and it was a, a, a way again of um it was a terror of feeling the feelings and it it was a kind of a way of of stuffing them down and then kind of cleansing myself in some way but through the purging yeah
0: yeah I've never thought of it like that it doesn't I've always just thought it must come from a body image thing but of course it doesn't have to like any any habit we unhealthy habit we form even Mm. if it's things like self-harm or I don't know it, it doesn't it's, it's, it's a coping mechanism isn't yeah. it? it could it's something psychological not necessarily just because you don't like the person you see when you look in the mirror it's
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: it's your your brain's way of fighting some other shit some dark shit that might be going on in your head i guess yeah completely yeah right. stuff that
1: you you're either not equipped to deal with or you're not ready to deal with or yeah it's in my experience and understanding it's it's rarely as straightforward as i think i'm fat
0: yeah, right. Yeah, and then that, and then, so that, moved on to bulimia, which is you'll eat, but then once you've eaten,
1: you'll vomit. You'll purge. Vomit. Yeah, um, and possibly take laxatives too. Right. And at my worst, um, I was binging and purging six times a day. Really? Yeah.
0: When you say binging, you'd
1: um they eat as much crap as I possibly could, basically, and then just be sick, and then just
0: be sick yeah. Right. It's
1: expensive. Yeah, right. I wish I could have all that money back, <laughs> fuck. like a terrible waste.
0: And that was going on until...
1: um. I was d- until around the b- about the same time as I got ill and stopped smoking and all that, all that really? stuff. Yeah, right to 26, 27, yeah.
0: Do you... Can you look back on them years fondly? I can look back at... Because you must have been having... Although, when we both talked about it, we both don't live the party life on tour anymore, but there's... We'd be lies if we said we didn't enjoy parts of it. Yeah. Oh, I would. Sorry, I can't speak for you. Um, did you enjoy them parts? Of your, could you look back on them f- fondly still? Or? Um,
1: I mean, certainly the the eating disorders part of it is no, There's no. There's nothing fond I can look back on it with. But I can look back on my former self with compassion. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. and um. And kind of wish I could go back as as older me and go. You know. That there's other ways of dealing with this. Let's let's get you some help. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I can I can look back at my younger self with compassion, definitely. Which yeah. is which is a, a you know a, a good place to be. Um, as far as the parting and things things are concerned, yeah, I don't re- don't regret. Yeah.
0: Um, it teaches us you wouldn't be who you are today no. without it, right? No.
1: Um, and I didn't. You know, I was. I didn't do anything. I just can't remember. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything that caused any lasting damage. Yeah. So um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I probably made a gigantic ass of myself on a number of occasions, but it was the days before Facebook, so... You
0: could get away with it, Thank yeah. God. And um, everyone else was doing it at the same time. So. Exactly, yeah. So they
1: wouldn't remember anyway. Yeah. Um, So no, I don't... I don't have to... I mean, I'm not big on regrets anyway. What's cool. happened happened. What are you going to do? Yeah.
0: Learn from it. Move yeah, on. Yeah. Did you... Did somebody help you out of it or did you get to a stage where you realised you needed help?
1: Um, I was aware from about my... Oh, if I'm honest, really, probably from my early 20s that I needed some help. Yeah. But I didn't want to go there and I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, um, And... Traveling all the time with work and working such long hours was a very convenient excuse because yeah, right. when when was I going to have time to go and see somebody? Good distraction. So well. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't got time to deal with that shit. I haven't got yeah. time to deal with my own shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when I d- went to do my first teacher training, um, some therapy was offered just to, just as a one-off thing as a just a a, a talk with a, a qualified um psychotherapist counselor, um, who's a former Buddhist monk who was teaching on the course and. So I had one session with him, and really liked him, and decided I have four, ma- four more sessions during the course, thinking that'll be me. I'll, that's my stuff sorted out, and then we can just get back to normal life. Yeah. And then So you
0: would? Would you still have described yourself as bulimic at this point? Then? No, no. Okay, by this right.
1: stage, I was I was into into healthy living, and um, but just very uh, becoming very aware that there was stuff that I hadn't dealt with, yeah. that, that needed to be dealt with. But
0: how did you come out of the bulimia? Oh, out of the bulimia. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, um, yoga actually was a big turning point for right. me, finding that um but actually no that even that was later um
0: you never had professional help then or no, not for the eating disorders no you kind of worked it out yourself worked out myself for a um, time
1: i I think it was I got involved in self development way of thinking before I got into the yoga okay. and yeah. um reading self help books and that kind of thing, and yeah. that started me with a bit more compassion towards myself. Yeah. Um, and started to actually view my body with more respect and compassion. And, um, rather than taking everything into that, I was internalizing out of my body, starting to actually treat my body better. And then discovering that the more I treated my body better, the better I felt about me. And it sort of became a knock on thing. So I kind of, I, um, I grew out of it. I, I educated myself out of it. Uh, it was it was the beginning of a the kind of path of of getting better and it, but it was it, yeah it that turning point when i got got ill in my mid 20s and the, when i, I around when i gave up smoking yeah. that was kind of that started the ball rolling that yeah. that was a a positive ball
0: excellent yeah i do kind of have a theory and it doesn't work across the board because there's people that have you know had worse of times doing things than me but i do believe you can um, personally improve uh, or self-develop your way out of a lot of a lot of situations if if you've got the presence of mind to say I, I, I'm going to work this out and I can work this out and you're prepared to even spend some money like you said you yeah. went on to then go and see a therapist which, yeah. which, which does cost money but I think yeah. what always amazes me is that people might be happy to go and spend a certain amount of money on clothes or objects or things like that but then when you tell them how much um uh, a hypnotherapist might cost per mm. session they'd be like whoa so sort of that it's like well, why would you invest why wouldn't you invest that in yourself yeah in, in your own in your own mind kind of thing yeah so yeah i really and that's that's good to hear that you you actually i mean I, it, i'm sure it wasn't an easy journey but you kind of self-improved your way out of the situation for a while
1: yeah yeah i think i think there's a lot that you can do um if you're prepared to be proactive about it you have you have to want to right yeah you have to want to and you have to be prepared to put the work in. you have to know it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be a quick fix yeah um but i do appreciate that the therapy can be expensive yeah um and yeah definitely there are things that people spend money on that was yeah it's surprising what you know you will spend money on rather than your self-development if if you're not in that place you know it's like it would have been kind of a ridiculous argument for me if I was spending money on cigarettes. And he was like, you'll spend how much and shove what up your nose and yet you won't spend that on therapy. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's about realigning your priorities, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. definitely. And I think what
1: you were saying earlier on about having other people around you that are on th- in that kind of mindset, I think that's a massive part of it. You know, If yeah. you're wanting to change habits, you might have to face the fact that you... Perhaps need to shift your friend set or... Yeah, not, not abandon your old mates yeah, just because sure. they're still into it, things that you're not into. But but maybe shift things so that maybe instead of going out on a bender with them, you meet them earlier in the day and go for a coffee or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, just change the way that you see people who... who The, the, the way that you spend time with people who you know are, are perhaps not in the same mindset. And the more you start doing healthier things like getting into fitness or self-development or, or any of those kinds of things, you meet other people who are on a more similar path and the more support you have from people around you in that mindset, I think the, the more help that is.
0: Yeah, and the more you, you talk about it, I think as well. Because mm. I think it takes a boldness to be able to, I think do what you do on tour, not just fit in, not conform, mm. drink an alcohol-free beer on the bus, which you will get taken the piss out for. I don't care what anyone says, people will take the piss out of you Absolutely. for that. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, it it takes a bold person to do it, I think. So yeah, respect to that. Thank you. Where did you, um? sorry, you were just getting into what you said about the, the therapy. You started yeah. with the yoga course and then um, there was a therapist that come and yeah, th- on the course. He he was
1: teaching on the course and so, so I yeah. dipped, dipped a toe in therapy then. Um, and then at the end of the course, I thought, you know, that, that would be that and I wouldn't see him again yeah. um, because I could go back to my old excuse of I'm always on the move. And then he told me that he did Skype counselling. Right. So that blew my, <laughs> my yeah. excuse out of the water, and honestly, it just it's
0: coincidence that you were doing the um, yoga course and there was the therapist there. Pure coincidence. you yeah. never actually actively said I'm, I'm going to still seek this some out. stuff that I want to work out. No, right?
1: No, it was uh, he that we were given this opportunity, and I was like, okay, well, it's probably about time. I know it's about time. I know there's stuff to sort out. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, having the opportunity to do it via Skype, actually, yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, this was. Six years ago now, yeah. I first started seeing him. And, um, you know, obviously our, our what we talk about has, has evolved over the years. But I still check in with him probably once a month just to, as a general, like, you know, like a, a checkup, a general yeah, yeah. tune-up. Yeah. Like you take your car for a service. Yeah. And um, I think it's a really good thing to do for yourself. And there are more and more online counselling services popping up. yeah, Because um, it's the way the world is going now, isn't it? The whole online thing. Yeah. And I think there's there's downsides to it but there's definite benefits as well
0: yeah hazel who i've done a previous podcasts with i think she she does some online courses doesn't as she? well yeah and she's got some facebook groups where um her clients can talk to each other as well because mm. they're obviously all seeing therapists so they're going through some similar stuff and and sharing ideas and what worked and what doesn't work with each other and, and things like that yeah i think it can be really beneficial but definitely help to help as i said as we spoke about the other day I I decided to go and see someone when I... There was a distinct point. I caught myself just berating myself in my own head once. It, was, it wasn't that long ago. It was in t- 2014. I can remember the exact moment. I was working away on Glasgow Games, one of the games, European or Commonwealth Games. Mm. And we spent, spent a lot of time on my own. I wasn't going out because, again, I didn't really want to drink and I'm not very good at going to a pub and not drinking. So mm. I'll just avoid the pub. And that's something I'm working on now is trying to get over that. Yeah. So I'd stay in a lot of my own, be cooking for yourself. So it's a lot of time spent on your own, which I'm usually fine with. But at this particular point in my life, for some reason, I was beating myself up in my head constantly about everything. And stupid tiny things as well. And Mm. I had no idea why. And I literally remember I was washing up one day and I put the the bowl down on the draining board. And there was just this thought that went from my head as I put it down that it's just someone else almost saying to me, why have you put it down to drain like that? It's never going to drain like that. It was a stupid idea. I remember dropping the brush and just thinking what in the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I'm literally annoying myself. And I, I just remember that night reading um, something about a, a UFC fighter who I'd quite like and follow going to see therapist, like a sports therapist. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, my mind was flipped. I was like, all right, even these fighter alpha males go and see therapists. Yeah. I've been beating myself up in my head and I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to bloody well see a therapist. Yeah. funny enough, there was a link to a therapist who'd been a fighter who was hazel who i did on the last podcast and yeah w- went to her with that like i'm constantly annoying myself at the moment i don't feel quite like myself there's a lot of blame going on i'm blaming external things for why i don't feel right and ju- just kind of worked it out from there and i couldn't advise it i couldn't advise it enough just for understanding she helps me understand why i was doing that first of all yeah techniques to start reducing it and eventually yeah work, work away from it completely
1: that's fantastic
0: yeah but it, for me it was it was yeah night night and day now to how comfortable I am in my own head which sounds yeah. a bit funny to say but no I
1: know exactly what you mean yeah that I recently read a fantastic book by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul and he writes very amusingly actually about um, these conversations we have with ourselves in our heads and uh, he says it's, it's like sharing your apartment with a maniac <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was for me work, yeah
0: and it absolutely is yeah again like what you were saying it made me laugh earlier when you said as you, you sit down to meditate and there's your brain going well what should we do do you want me to sing you a song <laughs> it's like fuck off maniac i'm yeah, trying to do something me. yeah so did you um do you mind if i ask you about the the stuff you went to see the therapist about that you knew that was going the abuse that that happened do you mind no no it's fine and feel feel free to what what was it that was that had that you were protecting yourself from what memories was it that you were
1: um some very difficult it was there was sexual abuse so right. it was some some very difficult um, things to process from an age that you can remember f- from 12 right yeah um, which so that was you know it i changed overnight yeah basically when it started happening okay um, and it was uh, yeah just a, just a an utter however much you might rationally be able to say to yourself that this isn't your fault right yeah um when something pierces you in the soul like that yeah. um at that kind of age it's it's very difficult to to rationalize anything about it it's yeah. the, the damage is too deep yeah. and so you i was trying to protect myself from Processing, I guess, what was going on, the yeah, feelings, you and you probably don't know
0: how to at that age. You don't know how to. No. Well, at any age. No,
1: no, not at any age. You know that any 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 sort of um, rape or abuse or any of that sort of thing is yeah. not something anybody should have to go through at any age. Yeah. Um, and it's, it um, it strikes at a, at a part of you that's so incredibly deep and and personal, that, um, it's t- very difficult not to feel any any shame or or um just revoltingness around it. You just feel personally, I don't know what, you know, anybody else's experience, but it was just this feeling of revulsion. Yeah. And just any way of trying to escape that and feeling that I had no control over what was happening to me, that I didn't know a way of making it stop. Yeah. Um and so that I had eating was the one thing I had some control over. Yeah. So yeah.
0: And what was the style of therapist you saw?
1: Um he would resist being put into a box being but being <laughs> being enough. being a former buddhist monk um he trained at the paris institute of psychotherapy
0: yeah
1: um he he was calling what he offered spiritually orientated counseling okay. um, because he he brought the, the the buddhist philosophy perspective to the the tools of western psychotherapy yeah which for me was a really lovely um blend of, kind of, of of east and west it, it appealed to my with the yoga and yeah exactly sounds, yeah, yeah yeah
0: and it would with the with the sessions themselves just be long conversations basically
1: mm, yeah basically um we talk for an hour a time generally um and sometimes we we do a lot of work with dreams actually really um and it's not like, you know, he's got a book there and, you know, oh, you dreamt about a bird, so and the bird means this. It's yeah. it's it's what's the feeling behind the dream. Um, he, he does a lot of. Um, he brings a lot of Jungian philosophy, Carl Jung, to his um, to what he shares. And the Jungian philosophy is that there are different archetypes um, when we dream, for example, about a house that's representative of ourselves. So if you um, are dreaming having, uh, about having a house broken into, um, that's possibly something to do with that you feel some part of your psyche has been invaded. Okay. Um, and so he, we would, we would talk a lot about if I felt if I had a dream that felt significant, I would write it down, and we would explore that. And very often that would lead to a real feeling of shining light in dark corners and and, okay. and uh, little revelations at each at each
0: discussion did you find that was still effective over skype because yes. i've got a thing about person to person which is why mm. i never want to do skype calls on this podcast because i right. want to be able to look you know yeah that personal did that did that not affect it at all did you
1: because i'd met him i think he won't see people for the first time on skype he has to already have an existing you have um, to have met him professional him. relationship yeah. yeah um but because i'd spent a month with him um I'd had sort of five sessions with him in person, and then okay, he. Right. So I'd, I'd had regular contact with him as as a teacher on the course as well. So we built a relationship, so built a relationship already. Okay. Um Which is probably the important yeah. thing. I'm aiming at. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. I think. Yeah. I think just to to maybe have met as total strangers online, it would have been more difficult to build yeah, the relationship. True, yeah. I'm not saying it would be, be impossible, but it would certainly be. It's certainly easier if you've you're able to have that person to person connection to begin with.
0: Had you ever sought any advice, or even told anyone about the abuse in family or friends?
1: Um, I had told somebody when I was, with well my f- some friends knew when I was younger. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. And, um, I told I told an older family member when I was when I was eighteen. Right. Yeah. Um, and I and I did. Once I was, I think I was seventeen or eighteen. I would have been eighteen. Um, I I told the person in question that. They, they must never contact me again. Yeah. And I wanted nothing ever to do with them again.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Was that a helpful thing? Um or an important thing, but not necessarily Uh
1: yes, it was empowering from that perspective, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And you still do you still every now and again touch in with the same therapist now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I speak, to, I speak to him probably once a month. Um Excellent. and yeah, I mean we we, we rarely talk about the, the initial things I Yeah. Um, I went to see him for now. He's become, I call him my spiritual adventure guide. Yeah. Um, because we, we just have really, I never know what we're going to talk about. It, yeah. But, you know, we we just sort of a- arrive at the, the Skype session and, and see what unfolds. We might talk about a dream. We might, it, it can be anything. Yeah. Um, it's just re- we just have really interesting conversations and he always seems to help me shine lights on. we talk about what's been going on if I've been struggling with something or um he ticks me off for saying I think this and I think that rather than going no but what do you actually feel about it Becky I was, oh, God. The yeah. oh the <laughs> feelings again oh <laughs> the feelings again it's um, such an important question
0: though isn't oh, it oh yeah yeah when you just go you have a thought and how does that make you feel right now what does that mean you can really start to work it out which is what again going back to the therapy and having therapy without it once you've learned a few small tools or just the few basics you can really kind of slow yourself down and help yourself and I think definitely things like that it's stripping things back to how does that make you feel and right what is this oh that's an old learned habit that I used to do yeah and then yeah just realizing that you're doing it I think and you're you're getting towards a better place I think
1: yeah absolutely there's a there's a great um passage in in a in a yoga text called the Bhagavad Gita uh, which in it says one one it, it's a it's written as a sort of parable with lots of uh, lots of um teachings behind it and one character says to another no um, no effort on this path is ever wasted no gain is ever reversed yeah and I think that applies to all sorts of self-development counseling therapy psychology every little bit of of, of tool every little bit of knowledge self-knowledge that you gain yeah is yours to keep yeah and yours to help keep helping you
0: yeah and others eventually and others well. hopefully yeah is that kind of the goal with the website and the blog yeah you definitely enjoy the fact that it can help
1: massively it's i mean it's obviously i want to help i'd love to help lots of people yeah. a lot yeah but if i help one person a little bit then mission accomplished you know it's if I get a message from somebody after something I've posted saying thank you I needed to hear that or thank you that helped or that resonated or whatever then that's just a really lovely feeling that you yeah. know something that I have that has helped me that I've been able to share you know I've been able to pass it on and and help that to be of benefit to others
0: yeah absolutely mm, it's a good feeling yeah well I think you're in a great position for that being that you've been through what you have you've a professional that's reached a very high high level I think in a very male orientated game, which cannot be easy. I mm. don't know. Is it easy? Does it bother you? Is that difficult? Um The male orientated game. I mean, yeah. In terms of our our industry, there nowadays. What I've industry are we? Entertainment. I don't know. Music business. I could are we call in it, the it music normally. Music business. Yeah. Cool. Just not when I'm doing corporate gigs, but you don't do that kind of thing anyway. So you're in the definitely in the music. Business. I'm a one trick pony. I'm <laughs> in the music business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <coughs> I don't notice it much at all now in Do fact it's, it actually makes me laugh how much I don't notice it really? like when we were in rehearsals and no don't notice it don't notice it don't notice it for days and then one day I look around and go "I'm the only woman here yeah
0: <laughs> only girl in this room <laughs> <laughs> <How> Funny. <laughs> um,
1: and that's generally how it is most of the time yeah um, when I was starting out and the one I mean I was one of very few women doing it um there were definitely some, some raised eyebrows and some scepticism. Um, but I generally found... Now. Sorry? I said doubt me now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yes, for the doubters. Yeah, This is for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I generally found that if I just got on with it and didn't take offence at every little thing, um, learnt to give as good as I could get, yeah. Uh, as I got with with the, with the humor and actually realizing that it's you know people will make banter about whatever is different about you and my different thing was that I was a woman yeah and whilst if anybody was properly out of order I would a line, I yeah. would confront them but um but generally it was just banter yeah and generally most blokes are good people yeah and um and I found that you know if I just got on with it and and worked hard and, and proved myself then you know I very quickly it, it it seems to be it's nothing remarkable, again, yeah. yeah, it's it, yeah, you just become one of one of the gang, yeah,
0: and it's probably less of a thing than I'd think it is, would you agree with that, or less of a thing than less of a thing than I don't know it feels like, I don't really know my point, but
1: you imagine it would be more of a thing than i
0: i yeah, then you've you've made out, you've made a good point that, um. It feels like water off the ducks back to you. It it
1: does a lot to me, and maybe I'm forgetting how hard it was when I was younger. Perhaps I mean there was, I was bullied by somebody, but he was a bit of an ass to everybody. So I don't know if it was anything to do with being female. Yeah, and I was always reluctant to jump on that bandwagon of oh, it's because I'm a girl.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it's like, are you sure it's not because you're being an ass or because you're being a bit shitty at your job yeah. that day or whatever? Yeah. Um, having said that, I think it's a harder thing for women in America. Okay. I've heard some pretty unpleasant stories from um women i'm, I'm part of an organized uh, organization called soundgirls.org okay who i write a blog for and i'll write a blog for and I, I write guest pieces for them from time to time and it's um it's really just an organization encouraging and helping younger women um into the industry and and actually just sharing some very interesting technical stuff and it's open to everyone it's not just just women it's it's open to everybody yeah um <laughs> and I've heard some unpleasant things from from girls um, in the states about how they've been treated. And actually, the only couple of times I've had men really being an ass to me has been local crew in the states.
0: Right, right, okay, yeah, mm. a little bit behind us on the times there, maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was I was. It really took me aback because it's something I've really experienced as a problem over here. Yeah, but I think I'm. I'm probably. I mean, I've been in the business quite a long time now, so I'm, you know, it's England's a fairly small place, and, and most people in and it's a fairly small industry as well. So yeah, um, most people are, you know, I'm, I'm not an unfamiliar face over yeah. here. So yeah, I don't know.
0: Did you ever decide to? Um, you, you, I know you always said you wanted to be involved as a sound engineer, and you went to the gig. Did you ever actively decide I want to do monitors for this artist and, and seek seek that out as a goal?
1: no it was um
0: have they always kind of fallen on your lap job for job i guess
1: doing monitors kind of i fell into rather than another aspect of it um i mean i wasn't even aware of monitors being a thing when i first saw somebody mixing in front of house um i fell into the monitor side of things through rg jones um fred jackson um who was bruce springsteen's monitor engineer actually taught me to do monitors which was wonderful um and I started doing doing more monitor jobs for RGS, and it seemed to seemed to um, to work out. I'd seem to have an aptitude for it. Um, I have definitely gone after gigs that I fancied. Yeah. Um, you know, sev- <coughs> several of my my major gigs have come about because I've gone to the production manager in question and said, "If that comes up, I'd like to do it." Excellent. Um, I just think you've got nothing to lose. I mean, I, I'm a big advocate of asking for what you want. Yeah. You know, just just be polite and, and state your case. And the worst that can happen most of the time is somebody says no. Yeah. So ask. <laughs>
0: and then you move on. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. What um what would you say to um young women, young girls who might be going through stuff that you went through in your well, from twelve till late twenties. Um. From the eating disorders to the. Whatever it is that happens happens in your head when you've been through some abuse like that. Yeah. Um, Being someone who's been there and seems to have come out of it with shining colours.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, that's a big question. It um is. I would say... You are worthy of love you are worthy of respect and self-respect and you are worthy of being looked after and that starts with you and if that doesn't feel like it that you're in a place that you can offer that for yourself then get help yeah talk to somebody um there is help out there for sure and you can come through the other side of it this isn't forever and you you have the chance to rewrite what you think your future is going to be. You can't rewrite what's happened to you, but you can learn to deal with it and you can find a place to put it and you can process it with help. And it, your past doesn't have to be your future.
0: Love it. Mm. Do you think, as you, as you, as the yoga philosophy taught, taught a lot of that, for sure?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in there of um, self-compassion. Yeah. And... Um, some of the basic principles are things like non violence, like I said, is the first principle of non um, stealing, of, non-stealing, of um, boundaries, of discipline. There's a lot of very useful stuff which um, which can all be applied. To self care and also to to a much bigger picture of you know of how you deal with the world and how you you relate with other people in the world around you, but it all starts with yourself. Yeah, and um, I'm very big on looking after yourself and self care, and yoga teaches a lot of that. And sometimes that doesn't mean giving yourself an easy ride. Sometimes that means kicking your own ass. Yeah, Um not putting up
0: your own bullshit. Not putting up with your own bullshit. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. recognizing you you know it's a fine line. Being yourself.
0: the self care and not accepting certain things from yourself, isn't it? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. And the thing I think it's that I've got an awful lot from with the yoga is it's learning to be present and um, recognizing that the thing I do now and in the next 10 minutes and in the next hour it all has a knock on effect, and I have a choice about all of it. Yeah, um, I have a choice about what I put in my mouth and how much i move and whether i sit and meditate or not or there's lots of things that you do every day that you can choose to do something that's going to make you feel better or something's going to make you feel worse and i love the idea of do something that the tomorrow of do something today that the you of tomorrow will thank you for yeah it's i really like the idea that the tomorrow me can get up and go well, thank you for getting your shit together and packing your bag tonight instead of leaving stuff all over your room for me to deal with this morning. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, thank you for eating a healthy meal and thank you for, you know, getting on your yoga mat and making this body feel good this morning and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Because um, it makes me like myself better. Yeah. To, to actually do those little things that move me in the direction of have how I want to live my life and how I can be better to myself and therefore better to the people around me. Yeah.
0: That's a good point about in order to like yourself you have to be acting in a way favorable to you yeah so if you're smoking and you really don't like smoking or really wish you wouldn't could give it up I yeah. guess yeah people like that people must struggle with with things like that because they're stuck in a habit that they don't like yeah which probably means they're relating it to not liking themselves so mm. probably comes back to a bit more about having that compassion for yourself to actually say Alright, you're not doing something you should be doing, but yeah. Let's not beat ourselves up about it too much. Let's work it out. Yeah, if, if and you, and you, you you've got out. a
1: new choice in in the next the very next minute of your life, you have you can make a different choice. Okay, so you fucked up last night. You went out on the lash and now you feel crap. Yeah. But let's not do that tonight, tomorrow night, you know, let's let's make different choices. Yeah. And every day you've got the opportunity to start again. Every day you've got the opportunity to go, Okay, screwed that up. Press start. Yeah you know, press reset we can get over this and just try again
0: yeah what are your vices that you still got that you still let happen every God, now and again Given everything up now haven't I? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um vices um gosh i don't know if they really qualify as vices now well,
0: yeah not vices but indulgences indulgences for Indulgence. me things like crisps with a beer mm. that just i you know i'll never give that up that's just something i love and yeah if but you know i'll go way over the top of it every now and again until yeah. i've eaten an entire bag of kettle chips on an entire tube of <laughs> yeah. pringles yeah and that still happens of course it still happens but i th- kind of think that's important like the gym philosophy of cheap meals every now and again yeah absolutely do you yeah. have things like that oh yeah
1: yeah completely yeah um i don't eat crap yeah. like i don't eat heavily processed food and just stuff that's just ick and yeah. not proper food. Yeah. Um, but I am fairly helpless in the face of a good cheese board. Oh, really? <laughs> <Helpless>. <laughs> okay. um, And there are certain puddings that I will, you know, if, if they're on the menu and catering, um, if there's a chocolate mousse or a cheesecake, all bets are off, I'm going in. I'm not yeah. going in hard. Yeah, I might just have a half portion, but I'm yep. going in because I really enjoy it. And I think, you know, a, a, a bit of the less healthy food stuff so if you know if you're eating really well 95% of your diet then yeah. a little bit of that stuff I you know I'm still not going to go and monster a bag of Haribo probably because it's all chemicals but yeah. actual real food that's just indulgent yeah yeah definitely yeah. I'll, I'll get involved
0: you've managed to find a decent balance there I think haven't you
1: I think that's what it's all about I think it's all about that balance
0: definitely definitely because I st- still do go all or nothing and it doesn't always quite work but for now it kind of works so I'll yeah sort of roll with it yeah what um what kind of keeps you up at night these days? What do you worry about?
1: I'm I'm not a big
0: worrier, thankfully. Are you not? No. Of course you're not. You meditate every day. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I do. <laughs> I do have gig anxiety dreams occasionally. <laughs> really. In the uh, in in the lead up to a new tour, I might sort of wake up thinking, should I change that microphone for something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. Work work related. Work ones. related things. Because
0: um, it is a high pressure environment, isn't it?
1: Yeah yeah and um
0: not that I want to stress you out now but in this job you can fuck up astronomically
1: yeah thanks for that (laughs) (laughs) but we all can
0: I can no we can we definitely can can. (laughs) like pyramid stage Glastonbury Uh, you just look out of that crowd and either one of us could do something wrong you're
1: one patch number away from complete disaster
0: it's insane isn't it yeah intensity sometimes yeah I remember doing patch on a festival on a festival in croatia it was like dubstep and reggae and it was like the loudest dj going on and i was trying to do a changeover for a band that were coming on next so for those that don't know a changeover i'm trying to get the next band ready that are coming on after the dj there's no noise levels it was probably about 110 decibels on stage and Jesus. for those that don't know that's hard to think in that kind of noise even yeah. with even with um Ear protectors on.
1: Yeah, that makes your brain rattle. Yeah,
0: and I'm trying to do patch, which is basically me plugging the right microphones down the right lines. It's borderline maths and I was shit at maths (laughs) and i get around that by having paperwork. But I was, it was probably one in the morning as well Mm. and I'm trying to concentrate and focus on this patch while this DJ's going on. And I remember just trying to patch it and I didn't have long, Mm. so it was quite high pressure. And I remember just stopping, putting down my patch sheet, and kinda of laughing to myself and thinking, This is insane, this is my job. Like what is going on? <laughs> this is just mental. So it is it's a higher I guess it's a long winded way of saying it's a higher pressure job, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, it
1: definitely is. Even yeah.
0: even job for job, artist to artist, you have your different cruxes for and like you said earlier, it's a lot about the personality of the artist sometimes as yeah. well. It's about managing that.
1: Yeah. an organisation, one of the things I really admire about the way you work and one of the things I really enjoy about working with you is how organized you are yeah you are I know that if you're on the job you're going to be all over the patch stuff you're going to be all over you know stuff being where it's supposed to be and labeled and and just yeah just really organized yeah I think it's the, the only way you can work in this kind of environment
0: I think so some people can operate without it maybe I can't They're that's why I... it up sooner <laughs> yeah you're probably right. you're probably right <laughs> And, yeah, again, for me, that's something that I, I dread doing. So I have you have to be organised. And I think you, you get to know yourself and get to know what you can get away with and what you can't get away with and yeah. what's priority and what's not and, and things, I think, don't you? Yeah. But coming full circle, there was a job that I think I have probably first ever met you on. I mean, and you've done a lot of gigs, so you may have forgotten it. I'm 90% sure it was definitely you that was on it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cream tribute down in um the south west coast somewhere simon excuse me for those who don't know these people but simon hodge was doing front of house on monitors ali vals was on it it was a queen tribute rose royce was also there and we stayed in some student accommodation off-site it might come back to you now as i'm saying it um we stayed in student accommodation not on site and it must have been back in your days when you were still drinking because we stayed up late one night and we were having a drink in student accommodation oh this this young girl come yeah strolling strolling in and we were all (laughs) like uh who are you what are you doing and she was like who are you what are you doing in my flat i do remember (laughs) i think she'd come home early or she'd i can't remember why she was there but it used to be her student digs that we were now staying in for this concert and she'd come in, and she ended up sitting up with us all night having a drink, and then we all got in a lot of trouble the next day because she turned out she'd gone missing <laughs> and run. And I don't know if she'd run away or what, but no one could find her. And it turns out she was up with these roadies drinking all night.
1: Don't hang out with roadies, kids. This <laughs> yeah, is your don't warning. Do it with trouble.
0: <laughs> we do yoga and eat healthy with proper trouble.
1: <laughs> I do remember that. Do yeah. You?
0: Yeah, and that was that was probably one of my first big gigs it was pretty cool so i was working with yourself and two other industry big hitters so it was yeah i was brought up amongst good i cut my teeth with good sound engineers so. if not good influences no <laughs> terrible influences yeah it's simon hodge if you're ever listening to this you're a horrible influence but, <laughs> but yeah i think that was probably the first time i met you you was definitely freelance then yeah but yeah I'm going to let you go and say thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you very much. For and I think me. you're a shining example. Thank you. To lots of other people out there, whether it be engineers, people that are looking to take better care of themselves, overcome some shit. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Best of luck with the podcast. Nice one. Cheers, Bex. Cheers. So there you go. That was Becky. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you're into it, please like it, please rate it, review, subscribe, It will just help us to um, get in front of more listeners and improve the podcast. So until next time, thanks a lot.